promised to this gathering. As we look at your word, let your word come alive to us. Guide us into all truth, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Is this yours? Yeah, it was. <laughs> Let me go. It was. Yeah. I need to find my coffee cup. Thank you. You need that today. I sure do. <laughs> That's a good walk. Well, he was out very wow. early this morning at the hospital.
is a response to what the Lord showed him in this vision. And uh, have you ever heard people say, well, I had a vision. I had a vision. There's a lot of that going around today. Um, well, I'm sure they may have seen something. But there's a difference between God-given visions and people having flights of fancy. God's word comes true, comes to pass. And a lot of the stuff that's out there right now is it's flaky, it's crazy. We need to be discerning. That's why we need to study God's word. Because God's word will not contradict itself. It will not. And when we feed on the word of God, uh, you remember out in Psalm 119 it says, So taste and see that the Lord is good. Therefore I shall hate every false way. Those two couplets go together. If we feed on the word of God, when something that is not in keeping with the word of God comes up, it sets something off in you. Have you ever uh, dug into a, a, a dish that was prepared and mm, something's not quite right there? Any of you had that experience? I had that just this past weekend. We, I was sent to the store to pick up some items so that we could have some sandwich stuff when the uh, daughter and grandson came in and uh, people came over and get some potato salad, get some, uh, get some uh, macaroni salad, get some lunch meats. Well, I did. And we dug into the potato salad. Now, now when, when you get pre-packaged potato salad, one thing I usually look for is Amish style. Right? You know. Now, they said Amish style. But my daughter, Carissa, and I dug in, took a big bite of that. What in the world is that? And we both ran out for the salt shaker. It was sweet, 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 sweet. That's not the way I had them before. They were had loaf, whatever mind. But it just what I tasted it, it just wasn't quite right. Now Linda has a bad habit of doing this to me. She'll dig into something, maybe probably that I fixed, and she said, uh, this doesn't taste right. Here, taste this. Why would I? If it doesn't taste right. Even worse is when you smell this. No, I know. If it's unpleasant, I do not want it. We need to feed on the Word of God, the whole Word of God, so that when something is a little off, you can taste it. And that's one of the reasons it's so important that we gather together for Bible studies. And we study God's Word. We study to show ourselves approved. Is because we're going to hate the things that are not in alignment with God's Word. 
You say, well, I can't put my finger on it. I don't know exactly why, but it doesn't line up. Amen? It doesn't line up. And there's such a fear out there today. Well, I don't, I don't want to receive false teaching. Whatever. Okay, receive true teaching. Get into the Word. And if I say something that contradicts or goes against the Word of God, you call me on it. You? Yeah, me. Because I'm stupid. I, I, I don't know. Sometimes I don't know uh, how to sign my name the same way twice. I, I, I make mistakes. But I try to, to stay close to the Word of God and to study the Word of God for all it's worth. And I would encourage you, don't just uh, be like a little baby bird and take anything that that mama, that worm she puts in your mouth. Uh, don't do that. You know, desire God's word. Desire God's word. And uh, so Habakkuk is having a vision from the Lord. And he has a response to the vision. And we're going to look at that today before we get to the prayer principles. But before we do that, we want to look at the key verse in Habakkuk. And it's Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4. Can I get somebody to read that one for me? Okay. And then Romans 1, 16 and 17. Who will do that one for me? Okay, Sean's got that. And then Galatians 3.11. Mary Lou's got that. Hebrews 10, 38 and 39. Okay, Tom's got that. Aren't you glad that the Craigs are back in town? We missed them while they were traveling. Glad they're back home. Okay, Habakkuk 2.4. Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. Okay. Romans 1, 16 and 17. Uh, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Is that what I mean? Yes. Mm -hmm. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation from everyone who believes. For the Jew first, and also for the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Hmm. I heard that before. Yes. And then Galatians 3.11. Clearly no one is justified before God by the law, because the righteous will live by faith. Amen. Hebrews 10.38 and 39. Now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back to tradition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. From the Old Testament to the New Testament, again and again and again, that one phrase from Habakkuk, or Habakkuk, however you want to pronounce it, comes back. The just shall live by faith. And we're going to see the context of it here in, in the prophecy of Habakkuk. 
It's basically the book of Habakkuk, the prophecy. It is a response to the vision that God gave the prophet. And it consists of three prayers. Three prayers from the one vision. As he sees what the Lord reveals to him, he has three prayers that follow that. And we're going to be looking at those, those three prayers because not only does he pray three times, God answers three times. So look there in the first verse. It said, the burden which the prophet Habakkuk saw. The burden. Why do you think it says burden? It's disturbing to him. It's disturbing. It's, it's, a, it's a heaviness. Uh, the Lord is not always just revealing pleasant things. Mark it down. A lot of the things I'm hearing uh, on podcasts and uh, programs, every prophecy is just so wonderful. Everything's fantastic. But this is a burden. It's heavy on his heart. When he saw it, he had a burden. It, it brought a heaviness to his heart. A challenge to it. And we want to, from the verses that we've just read, what do you think the prophet saw? It says he saw it. It was a vision. What's the difference between a vision and a dream? And a dream is just a dream. But when you really see it, it's real. Okay, don't you see things in a dream? You're asleep. <coughs> yeah, you're asleep, pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much you're asleep when you're dreaming, right? Yeah. How many of you have dreams and you remember them? How many of you have dreams and and you can't remember a thing, but you remember it was upsetting. <laughs> I, I, every morning I'll, I'll tell Linda some of the weird things I dream. I, I need to watch what I eat before I go to bed. They're not prophetic, they're pathetic. The, uh, but a vision is you're seeing it, but you're awake and alert. A dream, you're asleep, and the Lord invades your sleep with a dream that is a God dream. You remember when Joseph, he had, in the New Testament, he had decided, well, uh, I, you know, I, I don't believe what Mary's told me. She told me she's pregnant, and uh, she wants me to believe that it's, it's from God, and that he's going to be the Messiah. I... I, I'm just going to put her away privately. I love her. I don't want to stone her because that would be his, his role. He would have to throw the rock of offense at her and then the rest of the village would surround her and stone her to death in Nazareth. That was the custom. He, he was the offended one. He would throw the first stone, the one who was sinned against cast the first stone. But when he, he's troubled by this and in the night the Lord 
the Lord sends an angel to him in a dream. He's not away. It's in a dream. And he says, don't be afraid to take Mary and be your wife. The child that is within her is a holy child. It, it came from the Holy Spirit. He's going to be great. He's going to be the Messiah. And so he awoke and made plans. And they were going to travel down to, to a little place called Bethlehem. So, in a dream, and there was a whole lot of dreaming going on in the Christmas story, uh, the story of Jesus' birth, because we have wise men, they saw a star, but then they had a dream. Don't go back the way you came. Don't go back to Herod. Warned in a dream. So, a dream God can invade when we're asleep and move something on us in a dream. A vision, though, is when we're awake and alert and we're seeing things that God reveals. You remember when Isaiah, I was, you know, he was in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. His train filled the temple. And, and all the different aspects of that vision. So Habakkuk has a vision from God. He sees certain things. From verses uh, 2 through 4, what would it suggest to you he saw? The evil that was all around. What else did he see? Violence. What else did he see? Injustice. Injustice. Yeah. And he says, How long will I cry and you will not hear? I cry out to you. There's violence. Look at that violence. And iniquity, sin, and trouble. Verse 3. Plundering, people being taken advantage of and stolen from, and violence are before me. Strife, contention arises. And what else did he see in verse 4? The law wasn't helping. The law wasn't helping anything. It was paralyzed. It, it, the law was powerless, and justice was not to be found. Like today. Yeah. Kind of rings kind of like watching the news today. And he he's seeing these things. We don't know specifically what he saw, but the Lord pulled back the big picture of what was happening. And the prophet is overwhelmed by what he saw. And that's the basis of his prayer to the Lord. He's very frustrated. Yeah, he's, what? He says, I cry out to you and nothing happens. And how many, sometimes we feel that way, don't we? We look at the world around us and we say, what? You know one of the most aggravating quotations that you hear every night on the evening news? It's very... <clears throat> After some atrocity, some violence, like last weekend here in 
those of you who are out of town missed this one. They had a shootout at the OK Corral uh, on the short north. They confiscated 11 illegal guns. They were running down the street shooting at people. 11 people were hurt, wounded, or killed. And uh, they're still sorting it out. Store owners are ready to leave. Of course, all this happened like 2, 3 in the morning. Mm -hmm. When every good person ought to be out drunk because of skunk. And, but they're fighting and, and fussing and, and, and all of this. And they get on the news. And at least one leader has to say, we, we just can't tolerate this. <laughs> yeah. We're not going to put up with this. That's our America. It's got to stop. It's got to stop. Well, obviously not. You said the same thing yesterday. Well, it's just got to stop. We're not going to have this anymore. Oh, really? But, you know, he's speaking out of frustration. I understand that. But well, what we'll do is their solution immediately. Their solution immediately. We need more laws. Isn't that what we need? We need more laws. If we had more laws, none of this would happen. I believe there's some laws on the books about shooting people. Have you seen, have you heard about it? You know, you're not supposed to do that. You know, about uh, being drunk in the middle of the street. Are there laws about this? There were laws against everything that happened last weekend. But we're not going to put up with this. We're, this has got to stop. And we're going to put more laws on the books to stop. <laughs> Do you think that will do any good? About as good as the last one did. God reveals the condition of Israel and the world around it. Not just Israel. He's seeing the whole thing. The whole picture. The, the, the violence, the sin, the wickedness, unending strife, plunder, robbery, people being taken advantage of, no end in sight, laws can't stop it, there is no justice to be had. And this sparks a prayer from Habakkuk. Oh Lord, verse 2, how long shall I cry and you will not hear? Even cry out to you, look at that violence! And you will not say. What is, what's his prayer? What, what is basically, what is Habakkuk saying to the Lord in his prayer? Why isn't he doing that? Why? Why, why, why are you letting this? Why aren't you answering? Why, why don't you put a stop to this? And uh, all the different things going on. He said, why, why, why haven't, why, why, why are you allowed? I, I told you there's violence. I saw it. Why aren't you doing, why don't you listen to me? Why don't you just smack them down? Why don't you stop it? And then God answers. Look at verse 5. 
around the nations and watch. He's not only just showing him Israel, he's showing him other nations around him. Be utterly astounded. For I will work a work in your days which you would not believe, though it were told you. Ooh. Then he goes on to say, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to raise up the Chaldeans because the people of Israel will not repent and I'm going to send them down here. They're going to take your city down. Well, that wasn't the answer that Habakkuk was really looking for. He wanted God to stop the sin and stop the violence and stop the, the lawlessness of the people of Israel. And the Lord says, I am. I'm going to. I'm just not going to do it the way you think I'm going to do it. Have you ever noticed that God doesn't really accept all of your ideas <laughs> about how to solve these things? How many of you have ever prayed? I know I have. You prayed that the Lord would just strike them down. Just, yeah. just, just strike them down. Now, we'll go to the second prayer. 
in uh, chapter 1 and verse 12. Well, wait a minute, Lord. You say you've got this plan. Are you not from everlasting, O Lord my God, my Holy One? We shall not die, right? O Lord, have, have you appointed them for judgment? O rock, have you marked them for correction? You are of purer eyes than to behold evil and cannot look on wickedness. Why do you look on those who deal treacherously and hold your tongue when the wicked devours a, a person more righteous than he? Why do, you, why do you make men like fish of the sea, like creeping things that have no rule over them? What's Habakkuk saying to the Lord here in this prayer? He's looking on other people and he's saying, Oh, what? Hey, you're going to send the Chaldeans. Now look at, look at, they're terrible people. They're awful. They worship Lord. You're going to use the wicked to judge the righteous? What are you thinking, God? Are we going to be punished by evil people? It doesn't seem right to me. Why are you doing it that way? And the Lord, he comes back. I will stand my watch in chapter 2, verse 1. I will stand my watch. I got this. And set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. Then the Lord answered me, answered the prophet, and said, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, that he may run the region. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, it's happening. Because it will surely come, I will. it will not tarry. Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. What's God saying back to Habakkuk, who's having a difficulty accepting the way God's plan is going to work out here. What's he basically saying to him? Saying, don't argue with me, just do it. Hey, write it down. It's going to happen. What I've revealed to you, it's going to happen. Trust me. Trust me, I'm working on it. I'm not working on it the way you want me to work on it. But I'm working on it. And it's going to happen. Mark it down. But he knows. It's going to happen. He knows uh, how, how he's going to work it. He knows yeah, God, God's plan is, right. he says, don't you sweat it, Habakkuk. I got this. Aren't you glad God's got this? He said, but in the midst of all the stuff that's going on, Habakkuk, I want you to remember this. With all the wickedness and violence and evil and all the things happening in Israel and the people of Judah. And all the wickedness, 
of the Chaldeans and all the nations around and all the sin and, and them coming in to bring judgment and tear down stuff and whatever. I want you to know one thing. You keep living by faith in the midst of it all. In the midst of every crisis, the just shall live by his faith. What happens to a person that goes against the Lord after that? It, they get mad at him. Yeah. And, and they don't, don't trust him no more. Well, Habakkuk was a little upset with God for the way God was going to do it. Well, why aren't you doing something? He said, well, I'm going to do something. Well, I don't like what you're going to do. <laughs> Why are you going to do it that way? <laughs> you know, some people, you just can't please them. You know, some people, you just, you just can't please. I want you to do something. Okay, I'm going to do something. Well, I don't like that. Do it another way. That's not what I have for. And Habakkuk, is, he's very human and he's very open. And he's writing this under the anointing of the Holy Spirit where he's being open and honest. That's what I love about the prophet Habakkuk. He doesn't pull any punches. He said, what are you doing? He's asking, what are you doing? Why are you doing it that way? That's not what I asked for. You know? Why aren't you listening to my prayer? Well, you were listening to my prayer. You're going to do something, but you're going to do something I don't agree with. That's like Peter always asking Jesus, why are you doing things? Yeah. And Jesus would just... No, like don't do that. Like you Re said, Jesus kind of... Peter works. rebuking Jesus. I, that's one of the... <laughs> that's one of those things, probably later on in his life, he says, oh, man, what was... What, what, what was I thinking? <laughs> so, so here's the, the, the pattern that we see here. God is saying, write it down. It's going to happen. Just like I said, it's going to happen. But in the midst of all of it happening, oh, this is a word for us today. Have you become frustrated with the way the world is right now? Are you upset? Lord, I prayed for... for Peace and safety, yet sudden destruction seems to come. Uh, uh, Lord, I strike them down, strike them down. You know, uh, uh, Lord, you know, the, there's no law, there's no justice. The, it's a mockery. It's a fiasco. All of the, the court systems and everything. And, uh, you know, I, I'm still radically upset over, I mentioned it Sunday morning, I, I'm radically upset. Over that situation with the YMCA, that just just kind of hits the list where the the parents complain because a guy who said, "Well, today I think I'm a, a woman," but he still had all the men parts, and he goes in and he undresses in front of little girls. They go complaining to their parents. The parents go to the director of the YMCA, and the YMCA director expels them from the Y. It takes the side of this one. What a world. What a world. But in the midst of this, when we see the inequities, injustices, and 
and laws are out there, but they're not being followed. There's no justice, and you you can go to court, and it doesn't matter if you're right or wrong. It's what mood they're in at the day, and you have all of this going on and there's sin and wickedness and wars and rumors of wars and everything. God is telling Habakkuk, you see all of this going on. You keep living by faith in God and you'll do just fine. The just shall live by faith. Amen? It's trusting God. The just shall live the righteous shall live by their faith, not by their circumstances, not by their feelings. Because if you go by your feelings, in the world in which we live today, in the world that Habakkuk was in, it, it's not right. You walk around and say, well, that's just not right. That's just not right. That's not fair. Have you ever used that phrase before? Well, what's going on? Have you ever thought of it? And you can be so wrapped up in the unfairness and the injustice and all the things that are going on. It's just not right. He says, you just keep living by your faith in God amid all of the things that are happening in your world. What a message for us this very day. I need this. I need this because I get so frustrated. Um, only because it costs so much do I not throw something through my TV set. <laughs> it, uh, holy smokes. God says, I'm working on it. I got a plan. You get your heart right with me and live by faith in the midst of the time. God has got a message and it's, it's as we already read, that message goes throughout the entire book of the Bible. Every book. We, we saw it in, in four different locations. The just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. In Hebrews it says, but if you pull back from that, I have no pleasure in you. God doesn't need the just or the righteous, the believer, to just be complaining all the time about how bad things are. Well, that helps, you know. But you keep living by faith in the midst of it. You proclaim what sin is, just as Habakkuk did. You proclaim it. But don't walk around just totally frustrated all the time. You live the life in the midst of the confusion. Because I'm going to accomplish my will, and you want to be on my side, not on their side. So, then we come to the third prayer, which is different than the first two prayers. Amid all the strife, the just shall live by faith. The third prayer, can somebody read the heading of that, that in verse 1? Somebody read 3-1 for me. The prayer of Habakkuk, the prophet of... <laughs> You thought Habakkuk was tough to say. Habakkuk, Habakkuk, uh, Shiganoth. We talked about this before when we were in the Psalms. But uh, we're going to try to illustrate a Shiganoth today. No, I'm not singing. I'm not, no, not going to sing. 
But Shigunov uh, is a style. It's not an instrument. It's many instruments. It's a style of singing. You know, there's different styles of music. You know, you can have a soft ballad. I love you, Lord. You can have a nice soft. Let the beauty of Jesus be seen. In nice, flowing musical. That's not a Shigunov. No, no. Shigunov was, you got every instrument in the orchestra. And all the choir members, and even tambourines. I've got two brand new tambourines in my possession. They're locked in my office. People keep stealing my tambourine. I realize I'm not on time sometimes, and, and I, I don't have any musical skills. But I'm making joyful noise. I'm just making some joyful noise. We're still trying to figure out who stole my tambourine and hit it. No one has come forward. But it doesn't matter now. Because I have two new tambourines, courtesy of Dave Swagger. Thank you, Sergeant Dave. Thank you. But in the tabernacle, there was tabernacle worship. By this time, there's a temple. Okay, the first temple is still on the mount, right? Hadn't been destroyed yet. In the first temple, Solomon's temple, we read about the praise and worship of Solomon's temple. When they would sing the psalms, and they'd come to one of the psalms of David, a shiganoth, everybody was excited about it because every instrument in the band was going to be played. Uh, you, you remember Psalm 150. Praise the Lord on the trumpets. Praise the Lord on the cymbals. Praise the Lord on the drums. Praise the Lord on the harp. Praise the Lord on the timbrels and dance. And, and so this is pulling all the stops out where you've got every instrument. And in the temple of Solomon, they had over a thousand trumpeters. Mm. and drummers and singers the choir was in the house a thousand people choir and I was trying to get the feel for that when, when we're getting into chapter 3 everybody turn to chapter 3 of Habakkuk Habakkuk Habby whatever <laughs> And after he has had those first two prayers, this is what he's singing in the third chapter. His third prayer is a psalm of praise. But not just, I love you, Lord. No, no. He says this is to be on the cymbals and break out the drums. Give a tambourine to everybody that can shake one. Get the voices revved up, and you're to sing it with gusto. It's a tumult, but it's comparing the tumult of the sinfulness that we're going to have a louder tumult of praise. Woo! Now, it doesn't always work for me, but I, I, I found a, a 
piece of music that kind of illustrates. This is not necessarily a sugar knot, but this is the style, okay? Got it? Got it. I'm not saying, well, that doesn't sound like that sugar knot. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to give an illustration of what it might be like. And I'm hoping it works for me today. There's a conductor. Yeah. Oh, here we go. The labor of the olive shall fail, 
and the fields yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength, and he will make my feet like hinds feet, and he will make me to walk on my high places. To the chief singer on my string instruments. At the end, Habakkuk's not whining and complaining to God. Why are you letting this, why aren't you answering my prayer to destroy them? Why are you letting this go on? Why do you want to do it that way, using those wicked Chaldeans? Why this? Why that? Why not? Why? And the Lord says, listen, I'm going to do it. You live by faith in the midst of it. Get your eyes off of that and your eyes onto me. And when Habakkuk did, he lifted up, he bring out all the instruments. We're going to praise God, even if there's no figs on the tree, even though the crops fail, even though there's no cattle in the stalls. I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. He's the God of my salvation. Well, today's lesson. <laughs> we need to get some prayer principles out of this book. I think we got some, don't we? Yeah. Woo! First prayer principle we find here. Chapter 3, verse 2. Well, excuse me. First prayer principle. It's okay to ask. Don't feel guilty. The prophet was not rebuked by God for asking God, why aren't you answering my prayers? The Lord basically says, I'm answering them, just not the way you want them answered. But God doesn't rebuke him. He doesn't say, hey, enough of that. He lets him ask his questions. If you don't have any questions for God, <laughs> you are a remarkable person. You are a great woman or man of faith. But us more mere mortals have questions. Lord, why do the righteous suffer? And why do the evildoers seem to be doing very fine? <laughs> How long are you going to let this go on? God doesn't rebuke that question. Get it off your chest and give it to God. It's better you ask God than somebody else and stir them up. It's okay. God gave him no rebuke. He just gave him insight. I'm going to do something. I'm doing something right now. <laughs> you won't even believe what I'm going to do. He's not saying, boy, it's going to be so fantastic. You're not going to believe this. No, he said, you won't believe what I'm going to do. I'm bringing the Chaldeans in. And they're going to stomp all over Israel and tear down the temple and everything else. Why? 
Why are you letting that? God gives him insight. I'm on the job. I'm working. It doesn't look like it some days, does it? But God is on the throne. God is still on the throne. That old song that comes to mind. God is still on the throne. He, he never forsaketh his own. Though trials may press us and burdens distress us, he never will leave us alone. God is still on the throne. You see, we're in the midst of this mess and we're thinking God is not noticing. God gave him the vision so he could see what was happening. And then he says, he's all right with his complaint, his prayer, his frustration. He took it to God. You're not going to frustrate God with your frustrations. Now, you can frustrate other people. Uh, Amen? How many of you have ever done that? You know, <laughs> you know somebody walks up, well, can you believe that, that this, 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 and this, and this, and this? Uh, what do you want me to do about that? <laughs> no, they're just sharing frustration with somebody who can't do anything about it. And how does that leave the person that they just showed their frustration to. How does that leave you? More frustrated. You're, you're frustrated by what they told you, and now you're frustrated because you can't do anything about it. And, and so you yeah. If we take our frustrations and our questions to God, you say, well, what if I don't get an answer? Well, you'll get some kind of answer. It may not be the answer like Habakkuk wanted, Sure, I'll, I'll wipe them all out. That, that make you happy? <laughs> these, these are people I love, by the way, Habakkuk. I'm ultimately going to send my son to die for the sins of the people. I'm not willing that any should perish, but oh, I'll do it your way, Habakkuk. I'll just wipe them all out. Would that make you happy? Yeah, pretty much. God's got this. And he, he's basically giving him an insight that we can go to God with our questions and God may not give us the answer we're looking for, but he'll give us an answer. And the answer that he gives is to carry Habakkuk and us through the difficult times. When all the stuff you see around about that you're frustrated about is going on, don't seethe in that and become a part of it. You live by faith in God. That's a good word for us today. It's okay to ask, folks. It'd be better if you, you ask in private rather than just try to frustrate somebody else. I know it's frustrating, you know, when people come to you and they say, well, what about this? What about that? What about that? And you try to give them an answer. They don't like your answer. 
And, and uh, then you, you leave and you're... They've gone home and gone to bed and you're still awake. Frustrated by what they shared with you. Guys, yes, take it to the... I'm all right with that. God's not frustrated by your frustrations. But he can speak a word in your spirit and remind us, live by faith. Trust me. I got this. I'm not going to do it your way because your way is messy. And your way is not godly. I've got this mark it down that's going to happen. But while it's happening, you live by faith. Praise God. It's okay to ask. Can you say that with me? It's okay to ask. It's okay to ask. Now, the person that comes up to me right after this session and says, I have this question. I don't want to hear it. It was a frustration, okay? <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. The second prayer principle, praying for revival. Lord, revive your work in the midst of the year. God has just told the prophet, Chaldeans coming. You think you got it bad now? Wait till they get to town and tear your temple down and your walls and every take you off captive. But it sparks within him because of God's mercy. Lord, revive your work. Israel is floundering. It's engaged in sin and wickedness. But you've not taken your love off of it. Revive your work in the midst of the years. Praying for revival is an important thing. <clears throat> we can complain about the condition of our world and, and the church world and everything else and yet fail to pray for revival. Let's look at some of the things that the Word has to say about revival. When we're talking about revival, we're not talking about a series of services. We're talking about God giving new life. When I think of the word revive, I think of an emergency room. I think of, of people surrounding a table. A person has been wheeled in and they have them on a heart monitor. It's me, 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 the heart has stopped. The people around the table do not say, well, there you go. They break out the paddles, right? They break out the paddles and, and they put the gel on them and they slap them on the side and say, you get back, this is going to be powerful. And they're going to send a charge through that body that the heart is not working right now. And you hear this, everybody do the, do the, do the, okay, keep doing it until I do the, we have sinus rhythm again. Bring that so, revive. They were dead, lifeless, 
There was still life there, but it wasn't functioning. We need revival today. We need revival. The dead in Christ get revived. We need to live like we're followers of Jesus Christ, not, not dead spiritually. And so we're going to look at some scriptures about reviving. And when we think of revival, think of that surge of power of God. Something's going to happen when that person gets the shock of their life. Uh, I need some several different people. Now, hurry this along. Hurry this along. Am I out of time? No, I got time. I got time. Okay. Psalm 80, verse 17 through 19. Who'll do that? Okay, Sean has got that. Psalm 85, 6 and 7. 6 and 7, okay. Uh, Earl's got that. Uh, Psalm 119, 25. Okay, Mary Lou's got that. Psalm 119, verse 88. I got it. You got it, okay. We'll get you next, sister. Psalm 119, 107. You got that one? No. 107. Psalm 119, 107. Okay. okay. And then I've got... Here. Isaiah 57, 15. Okay, I'll take that one. Okay. Back to our list here. Uh, Psalm 80, verse 17 through 19. Let your hand be upon the man of your right hand, upon the son of man whom you made strong for yourself. Then we will not turn back from you. Revive us, and we will call upon your name. Restore us, O Lord of hosts. Cause your face to shine, and we shall be saved. Revive us. God's sending his power to make us alive again. Psalm 85, verses 6 and 7. For you not revive us again, that your people may rejoice in you. Show us your unfailing love, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. Will you not revive us again? Ah, yeah. Psalm 19, 20, 119, 25. I Revive me according to your word. Revival is not about <coughs> unscriptural things. It's in accordance with his word. Psalm 119.88 Forgive me after thy love kindness, so shall I keep the testimony of thy mouth. Revive me according to your loving kindness. In accordance with God's loving kindness. Psalm 119, 107. Yeah, I got that. Okay. okay. I am afflicted very much. Quicken me, O Lord, according unto thy word. Quicken, revive me, quicken. Make me come alive. Isaiah 57 and 15. For thus says the high and lofty one, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place with him who is a contrite and a humble spirit, 
to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contract ones. God wants to revive us again. It's not about a special service. It can be. But God wants to put the paddles on our heart, so to speak. He wants to infuse Holy Ghost power to make us come alive. We may be just kind of along. But God wants beep, beep, beep. He wants to show signs of life of the believer. He doesn't want you just existing. He wants you to be fully alive in Him to revive the work in the midst of the years. So the two prayer principles that we find here. First of all, it's okay to ask God. Why? Why you? Why haven't you? Why didn't you? It's okay. You probably wouldn't understand it anyway. And Habakkuk was probably not thrilled with the answer God gave him. Because God says, yeah, I'm, I'm working on it. Not the way you want it. I'm going to bring in the bullies from over east. <laughs> They're going to stomp all over you. What? I want, I want, I, no. But it's all right to ask. And God gives insight that in the midst of it, while all the things are going on around about us, believer, the just shall live by faith. Whine to God about it. Just be prepared that God may answer you in ways you're not prepared for. But it's okay to ask. Take your frustrations up with the Lord. He's not frustrated by your frustrations. He's still going to be God. He says, mark it down. Write it in a book. Mark it down. I'm doing this. But while I'm doing it, you keep living by faith. Amen. In the midst of the storm, you keep walking. You keep walking. Even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you just keep walking. Because my rod and my step, I'm with you in the, in the walk. So, whether you call him Habakkuk, 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 However you pronounce it, there's some powerful things in here of learning to pray. Let me encourage you this week, take some of your, I know some of you are just up to here with frustrations. It doesn't show. <laughs> Shows on me sometimes. You may be up to here with frustrations. Take it to the Lord. Take it to the Lord in prayer. And if you you remember that old song, it's talking about have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. And as we take those things, you can question him. You can ask him questions. He's not offended. 
He knows we're but mere mortal, and he knows that we we have weak spots and we only see limited things. He takes that into account. Aren't you glad? But the just shall live by faith. And never miss an opportunity to pray to revive the work in the midst of the years. Pray for revival. When we're disturbed about something we see, oh God, send revivals. You know the old song. We praise thee, O God, for the Son of thy love, for Jesus who died and is now gone above. Hallelujah, thy the glory. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, thy the glory. Revive us again. Oh, hallelujah, thy the glory. Hallelujah. He's got his problems. 
Bobby went with a friend and they're driving to Florida. They're going to take a cruise. Mm. So she'll be going 10 days. And oh. I, I just pray that she'll they'll be safe. I told her, I said, be sure to go to the church down there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> or tune in up here. Yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah, they do. Yeah. yeah. Praise God. Other prayer requests today. Also remember those people in the border, that thing will lift that title board oh Thursday. They say it's uh, 23,000 to 30,000 feet rushing over the border. Yeah, the, uh, many of the uh, cities along the border are, they don't know what they're going to do. They're frustrated. They don't know what they're going to do. They don't know what they're going to do. What would you do if you had a thousand people show up at your front door? You know, I have and they, they want fed? They want housed? Yeah. I have a friend that lives right on the border, her right. sister, and they steal. They're breaking in homes, mm. stealing food. That's it. Yeah. Oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amen. They're, they're doing some Habakkuk praying down along the border right now. Other prayer requests, yes. Okay. I'd like you to pray for my next door neighbor. Gary needs prayer. He don't know about going to church. He, and I've tried to take him to churches and things, but now uh, he's, he's in the works. He just needs And I would like to see him these days. Mm -hmm. you know, okay. I, I think he would really be a good person. Mm -hmm. Okay, well let's go to prayer today, and uh, it would be good. Uh, any Habakkuk's here that you're a little frustrated, take it to the Lord in prayer right now. And several will lift us up together in, in prayer over the needs that have been mentioned and the needs of our world. We need revival, amen. We need hearts to be revived. When the church starts living like the church, it's going to change the world the church yes. is in. So let's go to prayer right now. Dear Lord Jesus, we truly thank you for a chance and opportunity to study your word. But surely it is a lamp unto our people. My God, look down upon my brothers and sisters with the prayers that they're bringing forth to you, Lord. Surely this is a trying time, Lord. And as all of us, we get frustrated. We say, why, why, why? But that's when we need faith. We need to stand on that rock, ever standing, Lord. Look down upon our pastor, Lord. Help him and guide him, Lord, and give him help when he has to go to the hospital visits, Lord. We ask you to look down upon everyone, especially the government, Lord. And those people on the border, Lord, they surely, they're frustrated, Lord. But you, you are the help that we need in these last and trying times. Mighty God, we are a privileged people for knowing the word. The word is a comfort. We give you praise, Lord, yes. for the many, 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 many 
Blessed you bestowed a papa di chiamo da ricorda di Zatavoy. The many blessings you bestowed upon our dear yes. people, Lord. We love you, Lord. We thank you for giving us the faith, Lord, that we can stand in these trying times, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. In Jesus' name, the name of all names, we thank you, Lord. Mighty God, mighty God, mighty God, mighty God.
Father, your word tells us that you remember that we're just dust. Yes. You formed us out of the dust of the ground and breathed life, but we're still just dust. Father, we're your dust and you're, we're in your hands. And you understand our frustrations and when we're looking at the situations around us and we become agitated, Thank you, Lord, for letting us take it up with you and bring it to you to come boldly to the throne of grace that we might find mercy to help in our time of need. We're thankful, Father, that you don't rebuke us for it. You just tell us to keep living by faith in you. We do cry out for revival today, Father. We're crying out not for uh, what the world thinks of revival, but what you mean by revival. That those who have been dormant, those who are kind of flatlined on the table of life, would come alive and be the church of Jesus Christ in this hour. New life, infused by your Holy Spirit, we pray, Father God, for that kind of new life, that revival among your people. Start it in the church and move it out to bring new life to people outside. We lift up these many prayer requests that were lifted up. <clears throat> Father, for the one with cystic fibrosis, the one, those that are traveling, those that are uh, on vacation and we pray for traveling mercies. We pray for your healing touch. We also pray for the, the whole process of the lung transplant. Father, that you would use this to, to bring wholeness and, and healing. But we also, Father, pray for the family on the other side of the donor. We pray, Father, this you wrap your hands around a situation we can't wrap our minds around. We ask, Father, for you to help us. Thank you that you have a love that we don't comprehend, but we are thankful for today. We thank you for this time and your word together today. We want to sing out a shigamoth of praise. Yes. Break out the trumpets and the drums, Love. the high-sounding cymbal. Our God is great. And though the fig tree doesn't blossom, though there be no fruit on the vine, the olive fails and everything else is lacking. Yet we will rejoice in you, our God of our salvation. Hallelujah to your name. Glory to your name. Mighty God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
got, he just got, actually, he's our taxi guy, but this is Sean. Okay. That way you'll have 